This podcast is free and it's accessible to everyone thanks to support from listeners like you. If you value this show, please consider supporting its production by donating to our home, KUOW. It only takes a minute to give and you'll be helping to support the production of this podcast. Make a donation at KUOW.org or follow the link in the show notes. And thanks. I'm Brandi Fullwood. This is the Neighbor Series, a collaboration between Soundside and KUOW Shorts. Today we're in Capitol Hill, summer 2021. That's where Jane Don't told me how she pivoted to being a full-time drag queen. This was when things started opening back up, and many of us were peering out of the doorway trying to figure out how we would navigate COVID risk. But we were also testing out our new selves and putting our quarantine passions or talents on full display. Jane was no different. Her drag career went into turbo mode that summer, and the girl was booked and busy. She wanted people to see all of her hard work and the fullness of Seattle drag. She said Seattle drag is much weirder than what most of the country may see on shows like Drag Race. And she was telling me all of this while getting ready for a gig that night. She was hosting Drag Bingo. In a couple of hours. Like, if I'm going fast like this, I'm always, I always, like, cut myself. And I just am like, all right, well, I guess I'm putting foundation over my blood. Drag is actually really disgusting. Uh, testing. One, two, three. Um, we're going to talk about drag. I'm going to get gum. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, does this, does this sound, do I sound yes. fine? Do I sound like Ira Glass? <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is Jane Don't. Um, my government name is Sam Chapman. But, yeah, so um, anyway, I was doing artist management. I was managing bands and managing other people's careers. And when I got laid off, um, I just had this like, kind of epiphany of like, that I, I had been maybe making a lot of decisions out of like fear and out of a sense of like not thinking that I was going to be good enough to do this like full-time or to be a performer and so um you know so I kind of was like well maybe this is like an invitation from the universe or whatever to invest in myself in that way and like believe in myself in that way but um I work really hard and I've been working really really hard to get all of my drag stuff together. I spent a lot of the last year sewing things and making wigs and really trying to formulate a set of like goals. You know, I would love to do drag full time, but also, I mean, I didn't even know if we were gonna be able to do drag again. (laughs) I mean, to be real, so it was like, also just kind of a leap of faith to be like, is it even worth it for me to sit here and like sew dresses and make wigs? Like, am I completely wasting my time? Is anybody even gonna notice the amount of work that I'm doing? Um, and I feel like since we started reopening things, um, I feel like the, the work is really paying off. I feel a lot more, um, in control of what I'm doing. And I feel like my drag is much more representative of like what I actually want to put out. There's like a part of my brain that's a little bit like, is this the wisest economic decision? You know, is being a performer ever the wisest economic decision? Probably not. But I, I feel really good about the fact that I feel like I'm 
living for myself and not for other people's expectations and that I, you know, am doing what I want to do. That was like something I sort of promised myself was like when things reopen and I'm able to see people again and I'm able to do this stuff, like I'm not going to... I'm not going to do anything that if we went back into quarantine like I would regret you know and and drag is is a huge part of that where it's like I don't want to feel like I if if things closed down again if they did or I mean uh, god forbid but I don't want to feel like I wasn't trying like working as hard as I could to make the things happen that I wanted to happen you know curious what a show is like where you feel like you can do the drag that you want Mm -hmm. where you don't feel so beholden to like what the audience is gonna think well you know i think for me the trick is something that i try to think about a lot is like how do i do something that feels true to myself but is still taking the audience into account i feel like as a performer that's always kind of the like line you're walking um so it's like, you know, even at a brunch gig, it's like, I, that's not to say the numbers that I'm doing at brunch are like, uh, are things where I'm like, I'm embarrassed by this number. <laughs> like if someone saw it, I would be mortified. But it's like, I, I still want them to feel true to who I am. I still want people to walk away feeling like they have a sense of who I am as like a, as like a performer. The most emboldened to just do whatever you want tends to be shows where you're performing for a lot of other queer people. You know, I work a lot at, like, creme work, and I, f- I feel like one of the great things about creme work and about that space is that they've really created um, a place where I think a lot of people feel very emboldened to just kind of do whatever they want to do. And that's because it's, it's a queer-owned venue. Most of the people that go are queer. <laughs> if you're doing a brunch gig, if you're doing a gig where maybe it's people go to one drag show a year, or maybe they've never been to a drag show, there's there's just certain expectations that they have about a drag show there's certain they they probably want they probably want something like funny they probably want something a little bit like lighter because they're not you know they're not at creme work on a friday night watching people staple dollar bills to themselves or like do total eclipse of the heart where they like fall in love with a person dressed as the moon like you know which are amazing numbers they're they're uh, for me but it's like you just have to sort of ease people into certain things. So um, I think the, the the shows that are maybe the most rewarding very often are the ones where you're performing for other queer people, at least for me, because I we don't have to start a new conversation. You're sort of picking the conversation up with people. You're not you're not having to give them an introduction into like what's going on and what's gonna happen and take take that into account a little. Everybody has this 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 picture of Seattle drag from Drag Race. This idea of Seattle drag as being very burlesque inspired and kind of like vintage and um, and campy and everything being very campy and very comedy based. And certain parts of that remain. I think the scene is super eclectic, especially in the last couple of years. I think the quote, the quote unquote alternative drag scene has really emerged as like a prevailing force you know to go back to creme work i think a lot of the kind of current generation of seattle drag artists a lot of them came up in creme work 
that is something I would love to see more of is more national representation for what Seattle drag looks like because I think it's just so much different than the seven or eight years ago that like Jinx and Ben were on TV as much as I love the Jinx and the Ben at times it gets a little tiring to, to be like the rest of the country just thinks it's like a bunch of white people doing vintage drag which I love but there's just more there's more here than that I think that that conversation about increasing visibility is kind of happening Mm -hmm. everywhere. I think with Seattle, it's just interesting because we have, you know, we don't have the kind of like natural visibility of like a New York or a Chicago or an LA because we're just not, we're not as big. In some ways, we're kind of this little island, you know, unto ourselves. I think that isolation has produced really, really interesting performers and really, really, you know, Seattle has such a rich history of like, super weird you know super weird super talented like performers you know i think of like dina martina who i mean is nationally known but i just don't think that dina martina could happen anywhere other than seattle because i just don't know a city that would give her the the room and the space to develop in the way that she has like she's so amazing but like it feels very seattle to me or like scott shoemaker makes like incredible work and does so much like interesting drag adjacent stuff and I think part of that is the legacy that Seattle has with alternative theater and you know with rebar and like having the kinds of spaces to like let people really be weird that was Jane Don't a drag queen comic DJ and self-proclaimed nice lady Jane hosts Mary on Tuesdays at Queer Bar, and she'll host Queer Bar's New Year's Eve Bash, which will feature RuPaul's Drag Race star Bosco. Thanks for taking the time to meet some of the neighbors in the region. You can drop us an email about yourself or someone else we should get to know at soundside at KUOW.org. The Neighbors series was originally produced by the team that makes Soundside. That's on the air Monday through Thursdays on KUOW at noon and 8 p.m and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's story was produced by me, Brandy Fullwood. Soundside and KUOW Shorts are both productions of KUOW Puget Sound Public Radio. We're a proud member of the NPR Network. You can subscribe to the KUOW Shorts feed for more short-run, locally-produced audio series. This series was produced for KUOW Shorts by Jeannie Yandel and Brandy Fullwood, with help from Hans Twite, Amelia Peacock, and Michaela Giannotti-Boyle. Brendan Sweeney is our Director of New Content and Innovation. Listen to more Neighbor Stories by subscribing to KUOW Shorts wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brandi Fullwood. Thanks for listening. <laughs>